Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, girlfriend, welcome back to the Rebel Babe Cave. I'm Crystal Rose, and thank you for being here. Last week, I posted a before and after photo on my Instagram that resonated with a lot of you. It was not the standard kind of before and after, though. Basically, I was showing how in October, that was four months ago, my body was tighter, fitter, and more muscular. And I felt really great about where I was at. And now, you know, four months later, after traveling, the holidays, getting the flu, having the winter blues, and basically just living life, I'm a little bit softer. I'm not as fit. But this is a really hard time of year for me. And while I have struggled a bit mentally, I'm doing better than I have the past couple of years this time of year. So I'm going to consider that a win. So yeah, I'm not as fit as I was four months ago. And I'm not as strong. But you know what? It's okay. So often we see a photo of ourselves where we looked quote unquote better, or we were more fit and we just lament about getting back to it. I say, fuck that. I don't care to go back to the first picture because I understand there's ebb and there's flow when it comes to my fitness. I know that when the weather heats up, I'm going to be back on my jam, annoying my neighbors with my sled up and down the street, feeling good, and I might even get sort of strong again. I'm sure there'll be a time where I'm even fitter than I was four months ago. But my point is the whole thing is that we really need to start cutting ourselves a break, you guys. You haven't lost progress. You're living. It's okay to want to look and feel your best all the time, but it's also okay to ebb and flow a bit. And that's just life. So who is hanging out with me in Chicago this summer? You guys, I am going to Pace to be Brave. If you are a woman entrepreneur, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you're scared to start a business, this is the conference for you. Angie Lee, who's this amazing chick, marketing genius, she had an event last, I think it was in October. There was a ball pit. She had dance parties, these ridiculously amazing speakers, You're going to learn so much if you come to this thing with me. I am going. I am definitely going. It is at the end of August, and I think you should come. So I've got $50 off your ticket if you want to come. If you go to angielee.com slash ptbb2020, that's pays to be brave 2020, ptbb. Click on the button that says buy tickets to Chicago. And at checkout, type in my code CHRY50. It's going to save you 50 bucks off your ticket. And once you go and do that, I want you to screenshot it, upload it to your Instagram stories, tag me 
so we can hang out in Chicago this summer. I am so pumped about this, you guys. I am not going to stop talking about it anytime soon. So my guest today, her name is Alexis Schumann, and she is a holistic lifestyle expert and certified integrative nutrition health coach and women's health advocate who turned her own experience and passion for the women's wellness movement into a collective space to nurture others. Motherhood greatly shifted her mindset around the connection of our everyday choices to our well-being. Her intention is to help you confidently navigate an organic approach with ease so it doesn't overtake your life and you feel more whole in the process. Alexa, welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so pumped you're here. I love that you're just like deep, deep, deep in wellness. I get a lot of fitness people on here. And so when I get someone on the wellness side, like I nerd out. So I'm really excited to talk to you. So we like to start things off with what we call GGB, goals, gratitude, and badassery. So, and this can be like for the year, it can be for the week, for the minute, for now, but we like to go over what your goals are, what you're grateful for. And badassery is either something you're like proud of yourself for or something kind of badass that you've done recently. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) go. So what's your goal? I always like to come from a place of setting intentions. I feel like when you set goals that sometimes you don't reach them and then we can feel a little disappointed when we don't reach them. So I have set a one word intention for the year and that's clarity. I love that. Are you just looking for clarity overall or you want clarity overall or in all things or for clarity overall streamlining? I mean, when I came into this, I am deep, deep, deep into wellness, but when you get into the business side of things, it's all a learning curve, right? So clarity in all of that is where I really feel like um, this year is going for me. I love that. What about gratitude? What are you grateful for? That I am walking this journey today. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I feel like I'm on the right path and that I'm at a point now where the opportunities are coming in because I'm on the right path. I love that. That's a good feeling. And what about badassery? What are you proud of yourself for? What have you done recently that you think is pretty badass? Oh, I just launched a new concept. I launched two new concepts, right? So I feel like that's pretty big. Yeah. So I launched the Uprooted Mother. So Uprooted Wellness is really just an umbrella for the new concepts that are coming under it. So Uprooted Mother is really focusing on pregnancy, postpartum in the first five years. And then we've also, in combination with my husband, I have launched the Uprooted Experience, which is all about redefining community over a shared meal. I love that. Awesome. See, badass. It's so funny to me that that's what most of the women on this podcast struggle with is you know, giving themselves credit for something cool they've done. Cause I think most of us are already like on to the next thing. Like we did this, let's go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that next one. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about uprooted. What's your mission? My mission is to shift the perspective on health and to really redefine wellness as a way of life. I feel like we need a change in the way that we view health. It's so much coming from a perspective of sick care rather than a point of prevention. So how do we start early on being intentional in our choices and in our actions from the very beginning? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. I think we are very focused on treating sickness as opposed to preventing illness and our bodies are amazing and healing. So we're given the right things. We can do that ourselves. Exactly. Really laying into your own innate wisdom because it's different for everybody. There is no one size fits all approach to any of this. 
how, because on your website, it says, want to find out how to get more plants on your plate. So just like right off the bat, what's a tip or two? Because I personally, I struggle so hard with vegetables. I always have really good intentions when I go grocery shopping. <laughs> Throws away the spring mix. It sits in your fridge for two weeks and then you yeah. toss it. <laughs> yeah. And I hate that. I hate that about myself. I know it's just who I am as a person that it's going to happen. <laughs> I like to first start by shopping at the farmer's market. I feel because there's more of a connection there, I'm less inclined to toss that. I want to use all of it. So that's a good place to start sort of within your own local food system so that that connection is there. Because when our food is just delivered onto our doorstep, which is so convenient for us, right? Especially as working women, you want to find the places where you don't necessarily have to do that part. But I think the connection is so important to what you actually nourish your body with. I like to do a handful of greens. So whatever you're eating for breakfast, throw a handful of greens in, right? Just have enough on hand. So same thing for lunch. Okay, you have some leftover farro or you have something that's in your fridge or whatever your grains are or your veggies are, then toss in a handful of greens. I like that. A handful of greens. I used to get like bags of baby spinach and I would throw it in my food processor and make it like teeny tiny and then throw it in like tomato sauce. (laughs) So great. I just did like a little... IG story the other day of making pasta and I threw in fresh rosemary and fresh oregano and thought, well, this is great. Like, let's get these healing herbs and just the water here, right? I mean, we don't even think about that, but it's such a great opportunity to just get a little bit extra nutrient density in there. We so often think about calories, right? Right. Instead of thinking about the nutrients. And that's really the point of feeding ourselves is to think about the nutrients and helping to nourish our bodies so that we can thrive. It's funny, the nutrient density, because that's something I talk about when I do nutrition coaching. And I don't necessarily talk about foods as good or bad. You know, there's calorically dense food, there's nutrient dense food and not so nutrient dense food. So I always, you know, tell my clients to really look at the nutrient dense food and try to lean more in that direction. And for me, I work with women with young children often too. So when we're feeding on the go or when we're preparing something like breakfast, we want to think like we have toddlers, right? They expend a lot of energy. How do we make it as nutrient dense as possible in that one sitting? Right. So where did this passion come from? Because you're clearly super passionate about it. So where did this come from? (laughs) I've been on a few journeys in my life. I think the beginning of it really stemmed from my father had an aneurysm when I was a child. So when I was a child, I wanted to be a doctor. Like I wanted to be a neurosurgeon because I, and then that sort of turned into like pediatric oncology. I just wondered why all of these children had cancer. Like, where is it coming from? And when I met my husband in his twenties, we ended up starting this health journey and it really started with the way that we were eating. He went into the doctor. They wanted to give him a statin. He had high cholesterol. He was in his early 20s. And we just said, this is not going to be our life. So that's really when alternative therapy started coming in. We sort of started tweaking our diet and peeling back all of those other layers of our life and finding where are the environmental toxins and where are the chemicals coming. And then when I was pregnant with my son, I realized that there was really a lack of education around living holistically. And there was a sense of disempowerment for women to be able to do the things that they were designed to do. And so that's where all of this really stems from, for me, is my own journey. I mean, and that's generally the most powerful too. If you, 
<laughs> no one can connect to like, well, you know, it's really popular right now. So I thought I'd make some money. <laughs> right. But I think that, you know, those stories and I remember when I was a kid, you know, it was like no one had cancer, but like so-and-so's like grandma, you know, it was always like an older person thing. It was very unrelatable. It can't happen to me type thing. And then now it's like, like you said, you know, there are kids running around with cancer. It's like, how does this happen? You know, how does a newborn have cancer, you know, and it's heartbreaking. But I think most people feel kind of powerless or like, oh, well, it's just, it is what happens. The world, it happens. Right. Right. Or don't have any control over it. And that's really what I want to shift is the fact that we do have control over it and we can be intentional in our actions and in our choices and make our choices in a more conscious manner. I love that. So your husband is, you both own this business together. Well, I'm the founder. You're yeah. the founder, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he works. The Uprooted Experience is a new launch for him, sort of taking on his own passion. I love that. And he's a chef. Yeah. He's a plant-based chef. That you eat very well. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do eat very well. If you let ever look at my story, you'll see all the wonderful things that Hubs is making. <laughs> I love that. I think it's, you know, going plant-based or to be more healthy, people think that their food's going to taste bad or it's just not, you know, like it's going to be boring. And I mean, that's something that I refuse to eat boring food. You know, I'm, if I'm going to, even if I'm just trying to lose weight, like I don't care. I need to like enjoy myself as I eat or Absolutely. what's the it's one of the small pleasures in life, right? Is to like really enjoy what you're eating. I think that's one of the things that we want to dispel is that even if you're putting more plants on your plate, mm-hmm. you can want them there. You know, we're at the point now where, I mean, our bodies will really quickly tell us if we're consuming something we shouldn't be, or that's not sitting right with our, you know, with our bodies. <laughs> it's funny because, so I went to Tanzania a few years ago and I was there for about a month and we had like a cook in our volunteer house and out there, you know, meat is a luxury. People aren't, you know, it's very expensive. So meat was very minimal in this house. It was a lot more plant-based meals. And I was so scared. I was going to hate the food. I'm like, I am so picky just in general. (laughs) I was the kid who only ate chicken fingers and like grilled cheese sandwiches growing up, you know, I was not about to eat vegetables. And I was so amazed because, you know, she was making veggie burgers out of cabbage and like everything was seasoned incredibly. Everything was delicious. I cleaned my plate pretty much every meal. (laughs) (laughs) And it was very shocking to me that without me and, or, you know, without, with a small amount of that, or that I could eat all these vegetables and still like really like it. Right. So Everything we make has a sauce. <laughs> Not bland. What's your favorite dish that your husband makes or that you make? I can rock a pretty good kale Caesar. It's one of my favorites. We do like a chickpea crouton that's like really well seasoned in there. Hmm. Chickpea crouton. So like they're crispy? Mm-hmm. Do you also juice? Oh, we do. Yeah, juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I have heard so much conflicting stuff about juicing. Um, and we got a juicer way back in the day because we watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. I don't know if you that documentary. And my husband, if he watches almost any documentary. <laughs> You're going to give it a try? We're going. Like, this is wild. He showed it to his dad. 
And his dad is like kind of, I don't know, he's like, whatever my husband's doing, my, his dad like wants to do. So he went and he got a juicer. He started juicing all the time. And then he like built a garden. So now he's got this like giant garden, tons of vegetables, makes his own like almond milk. Like he's out of control, like just went, went crazy with it. Meanwhile, my husband has an attention span like a squirrel. So... <laughs> Next documentary. We're not juicing. <laughs> yeah, we're not juicing anymore. But I heard a lot of conflicting things about, you know, cold press. I have no idea what that is. Whether it's better to do a Vitamix as opposed to the actual juice, you know, nutrients when they last. And so, can you like enlighten me a little bit on the whole juicing thing? Do you know? <laughs> I don't think the juicing. <laughs> that's a big topic. I, I don't think that juicing replaces you eating food. Okay. Um, I that's one of the big things like juices and smoothies. I don't think that they replace you actually eating. You still need your fiber. Also, it's going to digest quicker, which means it's going to raise your blood sugar. So it depends on where you are in your health journey. If you're dealing with any chronic issues to say, yes, go for it. Right. Again, not one size fits all. Um, we had one of the rebel juicers and now we have one of the slow masticating ones to keep the nutrients in. we don't juice all the time i tend to juice a lot when i have extras mm. so anytime i have to do a fridge clean out <laughs> <laughs> oh what's that oh cucumber oh here's a little bit of celery over here let's just uh, ginger always a must <laughs> i love ginger that's great i think that's a good point though you, you know it's not a replacement i think a lot of people think it is or it should be so they don't have to eat it <laughs> Right, but you still need your fiber. Right. Yeah, that's an important part. Feeding that bacteria too. It is. So, this new world of you know being in business and like you said, you wanted to. You're seeking clarity in business. What has been like the toughest part about turning on that like entrepreneurial brain and going down that path? If I'm being honest, the hardest part for me has been social media. Really. It has been because I just really value the like one-on-one -on -one connection. Like I love to look at you and I like to look at your eyes. So sort of being behind the screen on social media has been really challenging for me. Also sort of bridging difficult topics, but making myself still seem personable, even when you're trying to give sort of tough information. That's truly, truly been the most difficult thing for me. I find that interesting. Like the saying personal. So are you worried that you'll turn people off if you give that hard information or what's the fear there? I think I have been. I think that's a vulnerability thing. That's really just breaking down the introvert in me. Right. Well, I personally, you know, I think it's like, it's tough when you put yourself out there on social media because you get the likes and the glitter and the, and this person does this and then that person does that. And it's hard because you feel like, okay, how am I going to measure up? Am I doing this right? Am I speaking to the right person? You know, and you get scared to kind of alienate people with polarizing posts. But at the end of the day, the people that they're there for you, you know, the ones that are following you. And if they don't like your content or they don't like something you have to say, like those aren't your people. Absolutely. It took me a while to, I'm still not always okay with that, but... <laughs> Even for me, speaking on that note too, is that coming from sort of the holistic health coaching side, I, no matter who I see, I want to help. 
Right. So chronic disease, I want to help. <laughs> you know, if you're dealing with autoimmune conditions, I want to help. You know, I just want to be there and support you and sort of hold space for you as you go through the healing and the transformation. And I want to see everybody turn into like these healthy, thriving humans, right? <laughs> Especially with women, because I just feel that women need such specific care and they're really just not getting it today. Right. And so my focus really is on sort of pregnancy, postpartum in the first five years. But I found it really difficult to say no. I think especially with new mothers, you know, I think there's such a fear that they're just doing it wrong when they haven't, you know, <laughs> just right off the bat. I have a lot of friends who just like literally had babies and just listening to them share a little bit of their experience, you know, with anxiety, postpartum anxiety. And, you know, one of my friends had to get her baby special formula because he was having reflux and all of that. So I definitely can understand why that would be what you would want to focus on because it's not just one life, it's two. Mm -hmm. And it's a really vulnerable time. I mean, you have the baby, the baby gets all the focus, and then the mother is left sort of in the dark to figure it out on your own. We don't have quite as much of a tribe community anymore where the wisdom is being passed down and we're learning from each other's experiences. You know, we live in these very nuclear family units. Mm -hmm. And so, in some cultures, women sort of sit in for 40 days for those first couple months of just bonding alone. And here we are, you know, as Americans, really just trying to do it all. Right. Women are going back to work right away, too. Right. And it looks like everyone else is doing it all somehow. Exactly. But where are we suffering in the process? And are we feeling whole in our motherhood experience? So what made you choose, like, because you have that passion in general and you had to narrow it to this motherhood angle, like what made you choose that? I have a couple stories. <laughs> yeah. The first being that my son was a misdiagnosed miscarriage and I chose to get a second opinion. I didn't want to believe it. I was told that I had a molar pregnancy and that I may not have children even though I went into the appointment saying, I don't know if I'm four weeks or if I'm seven weeks, you know, that whole, how all of that works. Right. And so I think that sort of first line of advocacy there where I said, okay, I'm here. I am listening to my intuition. My intuition is telling me that this isn't right. So in that moment, had I not listened to it, my son wouldn't be here today. That's insane. A misdiagnosed miscarriage. Like and then as I I was already sort of peeling back all of those different aspects of my life that weren't serving me at that point. So as soon as I realized that that had been misdiagnosed, I started really diving deep into the holistic living and the education around it and what sort of chemicals we were putting into our body and how we were eating and how to curb picky eating and just all of those things. You know, how do we sort of rely on natural remedies? And that's really, I feel like, what drove the passion for this specific area. Right. You have the stories that like put your heart, you know, your heart's in it for sure. I, love I mean, today we're faced with the fact that if you have a child today, there's a one in two chance that your child will have chronic disease. And that is really what pulls on my heartstrings. That's where all of this really stems from is that how do we make an impact there? How do we make a change? And it has to start from what we're doing in pregnancy. It's a crucial time to be proactive. 
that one in two, that's 50%. Like you have a 50, 50 chance that your child will have chronic disease. That's mind blowing. It is. What do you suggest to mothers? Like, you know, the, where's a good place to start where they can start, you know, advocating for themselves and even just get, you know, into more of a holistic approach. I think it can be really overwhelming just for like the average person walking around, you know, I mean, I started replacing all of my skincare and makeup and, you know, things like that, like a few years ago. And still, you know, like it's, I just found deodorant. I actually really like love and that works. Deodorant is the hardest one. Yeah, it is. It's like Florida. (laughs) Okay. It's hard to find good natural deodorant. Yeah. It's like what, you know, and it's like you keep going back to the conventional because it just, you like, I just need something that works right now. So it took me a long time for that, you know, and currently like I'm struggling with shampoo because I'm just not finding like this, you know, I want some suds, damn it. <laughs> so right. it, it's tough, even just from that perspective and going through things that you use on or in your body on a daily basis. And then of course the food that we eat. And then there's, you know, now all this stuff is coming out about like unplugging your Wi-Fi and, like, you know, it, it almost feels like, yeah, like you're walking around in this like minefield constantly. We've also completely changed the way that we've lived in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. So to think all of those things didn't really exist. We're being inundated with chemicals on a daily basis that didn't, were not used 50 years ago. You know, you think you're eating it, you're drinking it, breathing it. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. So I think food changes mindsets first. What we're putting into our body three times a day is a really great place to start. I don't believe that health is found in a magic pill. I don't feel that it's even found in a specific diet. I think it's really looking at the different aspects of your life and finding the ones that aren't serving you. So if you're dealing with eczema, then start with your diet and your skincare. See if you're having an issue with one of those, right? Autoimmune condition, Look at what you're taking in and your gut health, right? Because so much of it is stemming directly from the gut. I like that you're very open. And like you say, there isn't a one size fits all approach. Because I think in, I see a lot out there. So, you know, all these experts, these gurus, they're like, do this, do keto, do, you know, like be vegan. And like, they have this it's almost like religion now. I feel like, you know, it's, it's this dogma that if you aren't doing what I say you should do, like you're screwed. <laughs> right. And then you're still taking out that part where you're not doing an honest experiment with yourself, really listening to your body. You're saying, okay, this expert says that I need to do keto. And okay, so I'm going to do that, even though my stomach is upset and I'm bloated and it's not really working for me. Or I'm doing paleo, but you know, I'm getting this end result. They're just words, mm-hmm. you know, it's really what they all have in common is getting back to eating whole foods again. Right. And cutting out all of the crap, like the processed foods and the sugars. And so really eating nutrient dense food that comes from the earth and is made in nature, as opposed to buying something that comes out of a box. Right. And I, I think, think that's have in common. I think right now people are so focused, like it's sexy to focus on weight loss as opposed to internal health because, you know, most of us are like trying to lose that anywhere from five to 15, 20, 30, whatever pounds. And then they're like, well, what's the quickest way I can do this? Oh, this diet over here. 
generally, you know, people when they're like, that oh, like long term. Right. It's not sustainable because it's not a, like an actual lifestyle change that fits with your current lifestyle. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the lifestyle. And you have to change your own lifestyle. I mean, as you go through yeah. this, but you can't come from an all or nothing approach because that's really not celebrating your progress. Right. You know, and there's not a whole lot of room for perfectionism in this because if you try to do that, you tend to get stressed and anxious and disappointed and not feel well. And that's really not what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. It just becomes a, and then, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you get burnt out on it and then just throw it all away. But there's total information overload going on today with experts. And I think it's more confusing than ever. You know, you go on social media, you see the information there, you read some literature, you see the information there, you read the books Mm -hmm. and it's all conflicting. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot. It's pretty difficult to navigate, I think, especially when you're, you want to do the right thing for yourself, but you're not sure where to start. And then, you know, you get on Google and then before you know it, you're down the rabbit hole. of (laughs) Right. And that's how I felt going on Google is like new mothers. I mean, how many new mothers really spend time just Googling all the questions that come up in that new phase of their life? Right. Or hashtag ask Facebook. (laughs) Right. Mommy groups. (laughs) Personal human connection there. Those mommy groups can get really scary, I've heard. (laughs) And it's interesting, the sort of advice that's given in them not coming from professionals. Right. Yeah anecdotal stuff most of the time and people are like, oh, this worked for me or I did this. And it's like, (laughs) you should not be giving them. I I was kicked out of a mommy group for being too holistic, quote unquote, natural. (laughs) I was too (laughs) woo-woo. Kicked out. (laughs) I was kicked out. I love it. Oh my goodness. All right. So we, I feel like I could, I love talking about this stuff because it's so interesting to me. And I think there's so many layers that can be peeled back and so many things to learn. And we don't even know what we don't know half the time. So I like to end things on a quote and whether it be a quote that you just kind of like live by in general, or if it's something that, you know, you're feeling lately, would you share a quote with us? Yeah. I think the one that I'm living by lately is that the truth always reveals itself. That is a good one. And that can fit so many things. <laughs> so many things that are happening today. Absolutely. Awesome. You are awesome, Alexa. Can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can look at the two new launches. So theuprootedmother.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at theuprootedmother, or you can follow us for kitchen immersions and community dinners and Sunday supper and you can bring us to your workplace at, at the Uprooted Experience or theuprootedexperience.com. Thank you so much, Alexa. I appreciate you for coming on today and filling your soul with us. And I am really looking forward to seeing what else you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Cave. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe. And we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.